Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey, welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield. Joining me today is Bill Wagner of the Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun Newspapers. And Chris Cervello is our producer, proud member of the class of 99, hurricane and COVID survivor. Nothing takes him down. Let's get right into it. On this episode, we are going to welcome the first plebe in the history of the Sing Second Sports Podcast, Mia Claire Kiesel, who was just tearing it up for the women's cross-country team. A women's cross-country team, ladies and gentlemen, that just won the star meet last weekend. Uh, We're also going to break down uh, the upcoming Houston game at a very, very early noon start that none of us like. Uh, But Wags and I are going to break that down. And then we're going to talk about some BZs and what's on the horizon. Wags, let's get right into it. Houston comes to town on Saturday for a noon start. A 3-3 and Houston team coming off of an electric win over Memphis, which I'm sure you'll talk about. Um, they come into Navy Marine Corps Stadium on Saturday, high noon on ESPNU for what is a very, very, very important game coming off of the loss to SMU, where you said in your wrap up article that the defense really uncharacteristically laid an egg when we needed them most. Now you're facing off against another dynamic American Athletic Conference team in Houston with Clayton Toon, a team that puts up a lot of points a team that has a USC running back transfer starting for them in the backfield. You know, it looks like another opportunity for us to do what we did against Tulsa Wags, but it's also an opportunity for the defense to get burned. What's your analysis and what do you think is going to happen Saturday? Well, John, you called it another high powered offense coming to Navy Marine Corps Memorial stadium. And yes, the SMU game was a setback for the defense, but, Brian Newberry, the defensive coordinator, said that sometimes you need to have some setbacks in order to take a big leap forward. And so defense has a lot of work to do, and we talked about it all season, big plays. Navy ran 101 plays against SMU, which is amazing. Um, That's the second most plays in a game during the Ken Niamatololo tenure. Meanwhile, SMU only ran 40 plays. But that's all they needed to put up 40 points because they had so many big plays. A 68-yard completion to Rashi Rice on the first play of the game. There was a 47-yard completion, a 44-yard, a 37. So, And then, of course, Tanner Mordecai slipped out the back door on on an RPO and went 60 yards for a touchdown. So the, the Navy defense has to eliminate the big plays. And Houston has the ability to do it as well. Clayton Toon. We thought Holt Nailers had been around a long time, the East Carolina quarterback. Clayton Toon, oh my God, I mean, he's this is his fourth start against Navy. Uh, so they know him well, and he is another guy who, in addition to being a very talented thrower, is also a capable runner. So you've got to be careful and not let him beat you with his feet. 
and uh, you know a ton of talented receivers as always. That is Houston's calling card. And let's just talk about Dana Holgerson is an outstanding offensive mind in college football. Now, you know, say what you will about him. Uh, you know, he's uh, I'm not going to cast stones, but he's a little bit crazy, Dana. Let's just say that. Um, but in terms of offense, everywhere he has been, he has made it happen and it's put up big points. And obviously part of it goes with having great talent. He's obviously a, he and his staff are excellent recruiters and they always have the, the skill position players and a talented quarterback, but Brian Newberry is already concerned. He said, now granted, think of all the receivers in the American athletic conference who have had big games against Navy. Keelan Stokes with a big pass, obviously Rashi Rice. Well, Newberry says that this Houston receiver, Nathaniel Tank Dell, is the most dynamic receiver he's seen on tape to date. So another guy that they have really, really got to focus on, he, you cannot let him beat you. And then they do have a capable running game with Brandon Campbell. He's the transfer from USC. And Tazon Henry, who's been around, Navy's faced him. He's a big back. Um, so this is a very, very balanced Houston team. And uh, let's. Uh, it appears the Navy offense has got things turned around. They put up 500 yards against SMU. Uh, Ty Lavatai looked good directing the option. Uh, they did score 34 points, although you know 21 of them came in the fourth quarter when they're in you know catch-up mode. But in the end, the numbers were impressive. So that's two straight games in which the offense has gotten the job done. So to me, John, I think defense needs to hold Houston to around 24 points to win this game. Uh, well, Wags, I'm going to kick it over to Chris Cervello. He and I had the uh, great opportunity to appear on the uh, All Things Cougs podcast last night, a, uh, a similar podcast to ours featuring the Houston uh, football team. And, and we talked about some areas where, where we thought the game was going to be won or lost on Saturday. You know, Chris, I, I focused on, you know, the offensive line and between the left tackle and the right tackle that dependent, you know, the run game is dependent on no more missed assignments on that offensive line. And then I put it on, I put it on the two corners and, you know, uh, they're going to get picked on by those, by those dynamic wide receivers and those dynamic, uh, you know, passing plays that Dana Holderson has. Chris, I want to kick it over to you uh, to get your thoughts on it. Right after I highlight the fact that WAG said, number one, I don't want to cast stones. And then number two, two seconds later said, he's a little bit crazy. I'll let, I'll let that go for, for now. Um, I, I think it's going to be a high scoring game on, on Saturday. I, I really do. I mean, uh, Houston averages 31 points a game. Um, the over under is uh, sitting, you know, somewhere around 53 and a half. I, I think you're going to see uh, and the over hit. Um, I think Navy's defense last week was, uh, was exposed. Um, and I, I think you're going to see the defense get a, you, you know, th they're going to have a tough day. Um, and I think we're going to go back to sort of that, you, you know, uh, Ben, don't don't break. Um, and it's going to fall on our offense. We're going to have to put up, you know, 28 to, to 33 points uh, somewhere in there, I think, to, to win. Um, you, you know, Houston's got a great line, but they're you know, once you get to the second level, they're vulnerable. And uh, I, I think their uh, secondary is vulnerable. So 
I think if we can run the ball, we can get, you know, three to five yards of carry on those halfback dives and on the quarter or excuse me, on the fullback dives and on the quarterback keepers. I think it's going to bring in that, um, you know, the second level and the secondary. And then I think Ty will be able to throw the ball a little bit. And um, they're a three point underdogs. So I think I would take Navy with the points, but I think Navy wins this game outright. And I think you're going to see an over. I think it's going to be an exciting game. Uh, in Annapolis on Saturday. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris and Wags. Um, yeah, I, let me clarify uh, that I, I believe that the corners, including Elias Larry, uh, are going to be very, very busy. But Rayon Lane, how much is he and you know the rest of the secondary, how much are they going to be able to help out, keep those large 70-yard plays, 80-yard plays? I think the key uh, to keeping it close and getting that outright win that Chris predicted is to keep those big plays off of the scoreboard, grind them down and let the run game work for you. You know, is it going to be a lot of our extremely talented cellist now, Daba Fofana, the new highlight of the running game? Or do you think that we're going to have to highlight the speed of Mikel Haywood on the outside with more slot back play? Well, I want to see a little more Ty Lavantai running and making defenses pay for frankly, not, respecting his running ability. And that's really what's been happening is that uh, Coach Niamatololo used the word slow playing. So whenever Ty takes the ball outside, they, they don't really attack him and force him to pitch the ball. They kind of want him to run, thinking, you know, he's, he's not that fast. We can track him down. It will be a minimal gain. So, you know, that's what Coach Niamat said. you got to put your foot down and go. And make them pay. And that's what happened against SMU. He had some nice chunk runs, seven, eight, nine. Yemen they had a double-digit gain. So that's that's really what you want to see because it imp- it makes the entire offense more effective. Um, I kind of agree. And, and you know, the whole secondary, it's Elias Larry and Willie Collins at the corners, Avon Gibbons and Rayon Lane at the safeties cannot give up big plays. And now Brian Newberry, the defensive coordinator, said. Maybe he needs to not be so aggressive. There are times when they, maybe you just need to sit back and play standard defense. And, you know, because when you when you are blitzing, that's when you put people out on islands and, and you're it's risky. So, you know, he kind of faults himself with some play calls. And, you know, he we may see a little less aggression, although that's their calling card. So we don't want to, you know, dial it back too much. But you got to be smart. So uh, but yeah, I, I just really feel that Navy needs to keep Houston in the 20s to win this game. I, I, I could see 31-24 or 35-28, something of that nature. Um, I think another key thing, John, is Navy getting on the board early and taking a lead. We have found uh, during the triple option era that everything changes when Navy takes the early lead. And it's you know able to play the game at its pace. And that's what hurt against SMU was those three possessions in SMU territory early in which they came away with no points. And then you fall behind. So I think playing from ahead from the get-go is another key element to this game, John. I couldn't agree more. And again, for the best of this analysis of the game to come, not only listen to our podcast and read Bill Wagner's stuff on the Capitol Gazette, but also tune in for this week's Navy football podcast with Keenan, EK, and Wags. They'll go in between the lines, X's and O's, and bring you all of the highlights you need 
in order to be ready for that noon start on Saturday. Hey, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to focus on men's and women's cross country, the two winners of the latest stars. Uh, We're going to do that with Mia Claire Kiesel of women's cross country and head coach of men's cross country, Aaron Lanzell. This is Sing Second Sports. We'll be right back. This podcast and all of our efforts to support it are not possible without the support of our sponsors. First and foremost, thank you to Scott Shooter, realtor and crew in Annapolis. Scott is the best of the best in Annapolis if you need a home. If you're PCSing to or from Annapolis, Scott is your man. Thank you to Academy Securities and Navy football alum Phil McConkie. Speaking of football alums, thank you to Tom Lynch and New Day USA Mortgage. If you're a veteran in need of a mortgage, you should be using New Day USA, period. Thank you to Scott Melamed and ProMD Health. Do you have crow's feet? Has your skin aged because of the sun exposure Ava Marie and I were talking about earlier in this podcast? ProMD Health in Annapolis has you covered. And thank you so much to Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. We are entering football season, so if you need a drink before your reunion, if you need to check out the best burger in Annapolis, if you'd like just a great glass of wine before you head out on the town, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis are your places to hit. And now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back joining us to talk about the most recent Navy men's cross country star win is 2003 Naval Academy graduate Aaron Lanzell. Uh, He was actually at the Naval Academy when Lieutenant John Schofield was teaching in Loose Hall and trying to sell people on surface warfare. He obviously wasn't buying what I was selling, went off and became a Naval aviator and now has come back to become the head coach at his alma mater, his fourth season as the head coach. Aaron, number one, thanks for joining the podcast. We haven't had you on before. And number two, congrats on the star win. Break down how it happened. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, good morning. Um, Well, we've we've got a great team this year. Uh, The guys that came back, we've kind of gotten to a place now after four years where there's really a great core, every class that's coming up. And, uh, you know, the, the seniors kind of carried the day, but we've got a couple younger guys and any really this year, any meet we've run, uh, we've rotated around who was the best guy. So there's probably five or six guys that all could win. I think all of our races and, uh, Garrison Clark, uh, senior from Severna park. So he's a local guy and, uh, it was great to have him doing the best, uh, in front of his parents and the, the home crowd and a bunch of his, uh, you know, family and friends. And, um, you know, it broke down. The race broke down about how we expected. Um, we have a great team. We knew Army was going to need to take some risks and um, try to push uh, probably a little too hard. And, and, you know, the last quarter mile really was all it took. Uh, or it went all the way until there where it really broke apart. But then, um, you know, we went one, two. And uh, from there on, we had a good core behind them and uh, put in six before their fourth man. So the scoring, you'd add up the places and the low score wins. And uh, it get, keeps the, the score close, so it's kind of hard to you know break away and have a a, a huge win ever. But uh, this one was pretty decisive, and and uh, everyone was ready to go. So I wouldn't say that it was exciting as exciting, Aaron, as running the Navy Invitational at the same time that MWR is doing like a <laughs> wine tasting 5K. You know, because that's fun. We, everyone loves to do that. But I'll tell you what, I was reading a little bit about Clark's race, about how he was like 17th after the first mile really kicked it in the gear, overcame his, his teammate and captain Brett Brady there at the end. 
you know, how satisfying is it for you to watch the young and the old? Um, you know, and, and it feels stupid saying that 22 year olds are old, but you know, the more experienced and less experienced members of the team, local products and, and guys from all over the country, how satisfying is it for you to coach such a melting pot of talent? Uh, well, you know, when I, every year I, I see the seniors leave and you wonder, man, this is an amazing group of seniors. How are we going to do it next year without these seniors? And you kind of look at, then the next thing you realize after graduation in May, you see the new plebes come in in July and you look at the plebes and you say, how in the world are these, you know, soft looking young kids going to do it? But they're the ones who in four years are these men who you're wondering how you're going to do it without. And uh, that is very fulfilling. It's, it's a, a great way to see and, you know, have been through <laughs> several cycles and, and seeing that happen. Uh, I think the team has a lot of confidence knowing that, hey, I'm going to have to keep my head down. I'm going to have to work hard. But, you know, through four years of development in our sport, you're not going to really be able to just go with talent. You're going to have to really develop a lot at the Division One level uh, because, you know, you're you're running 10 miles a day. And every day, really, the improvement you might get is, you know, a hundredth of a second maybe in performance. So it's day after day after day after month after year. And then they get there. So it's really exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as much as the Navy invite with 10 teams and we had two other events going on out there, uh, we probably had just about the same turnout of the crowd with the alumni support we had. Um, tremendous. We probably had, you know, a couple hundred uh, runners from the last 50 years coming uh, back. And Coach Cantell was there as well. So it was uh, a great day. And uh, didn't pour down rain on everybody's. Well, speaking of running 10 miles a day, Bill Wagner, go ahead. Hey, uh, Coach. Uh, well, first of all, let's mention that Garrison Park, and I'm glad you mentioned Severna Park because that is a powerhouse cross-country program that Josh Alkenbright has put together. They're perennial state champions. They're always producing great runners. So hopefully maybe you can get a few more from that outstanding program. But Garrison Clark was named the Naval Academy Athletic Association Athlete of the Week. And he was also the Patriot League men's runner-up, uh, runner-up of the week. So well-deserved honors for Garrison. Coach, in terms of the Naval Academy course, and it's, everyone knows it's the golf course, um, very hilly at times. Um, how important is a home course advantage? Uh, you know that course better than anyone. The Army comes in once a year. Uh, you And where on the course is like a breaking point, like uh, for – in high school cross-country running, they have the state championships at Hereford, and they have the infamous hill at Hereford that tends to be uh, separate the, the strong from the weak. Uh, kind of talk about the home course advantage and where is there any one particular place where you can you know, turn it up a notch and break your opponents? Well, I guess I'd say the hardest part about it, it's very, it's very challenging course, and to know it really well, uh, there's not probably one place, and that's the difficult thing. There's probably about three or four, depending on how you run your race compared to, you know, your competitor. So, you know, if you go a little early, you've got to be prepared for, you know, even the last half mile is just going to have, I mean, honestly, they're, they're the very good Army runner that uh, was about 20 meters ahead with 600 meters to go. So, you know, a little bit more than a quarter mile to go, and he was still ahead. But the last uphill was the one that just, I mean, he, it just completely changed. You know, he went too early 
um, he didn't have the gas, you know, and our guys have done it enough because you're going to feel extremely challenged at points right in the middle of the course. And then, but that last couple miles, there's probably three or four spots that, you know, if you thought you finally had guys behind you and you put them away, uh, they should still come back if you don't, if you didn't, you know, measure yourself properly, uh, to be able to carry it. And, uh, we try to break, break the will of our competitors in many spots, but a lot of times it's more of the keep pushing, push here, see if they break, push here, see if they break, push here, see if they break and know that you have the capabilities to do it about three or four times. And, uh, depending on the tactics we pick for the day, you know, hopefully we uh, always have a little bit of an advantage. So you mentioned the great Al Cantello, who was the cross country coach for like 70 years at the Naval Academy, I think. Um, and I, I'm glad that Al's getting out there and, and, and supporting the program that he led for so long. And that was your coach. But I'm guessing that when you graduated from the Naval Academy, you did not envision returning as the varsity head coach of men's cross country. Kind of tell us about the path that brought you back to where you are now. Uh, yeah, honestly, I didn't. It, it's a great program. I know they're in the coaching world. There's a ton of really experienced coaches uh, with probably a, a lot on their resumes that would love to be here. Uh, so I'm really thankful to be here. And, you know, you know, what I can do, what maybe the others couldn't is, you know, continue the traditions and the culture and, you know, the connection to uh, a family of runners that goes back, you know, over half a century. Um, so, that was really special, but yeah, being a P3 pilot, uh, went into do some, uh, engineering with a medical company a bit. And, uh, then, you know, really timing worked out. And, you know, I guess one of the great things about being from the Naval Academy, I, I really haven't applied for a ton of jobs. They sort of recruited me first. Of course, I actually had to go through the application process at some point, but, you know, kind of getting recruited, uh, to, to go work as an engineer, to go do some things. And, um, so, you know, it was, I was in Atlanta at the time and was, you know, kind of hearing, you know, like, honestly, I didn't think he'd ever retire because I think people talked about him, like he's probably going to retire soon for about at least 20 years. Um, and uh, yeah, things worked out where I was able to come back. My wife uh, is a physician and uh, her jobs worked out with our small children and somehow it worked. And um, I'm really happy to be back and um, yeah, it's a, it's a great place to be and work with these guys each year to help them achieve their dreams. Thanks, Aaron. And congratulations again on the star meet victory. When you were at Navy, how, how did you do in the star meets? Well, I didn't get to compete in my freshman year in cross country. Uh, but, uh, of the 12 stars cross country, indoor, outdoor for four years, uh, we were, we were 10 and two and, um, I was, I competed in 11 of them. So. We did pretty well. That's a crowded letter sweater uh, for sure. I mean, that's that's when you're walking around campus like all legit. Well, Aaron, uh, I will not hold it against you that you did not pick surface warfare despite the great sales pitch of, uh, of Lieutenant Schofield back in the day. But we do wish you luck. Next up on your slate, the Patriot League Championships on October 29th up in Lewisburg. I'll tell you what, it'll probably be chilly then. Um, but the colors will probably be amazing. So we wish you luck on that. And thank you again for joining the pod. All right. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Aaron Lanzell, head coach of the Navy men's cross country team. 
And before we went to break, we talked about the Navy women's cross country team and their successful star uh, victory behind the strength of Emily Booten and the rest of her teammates. Uh, it was an absolutely awesome performance that you know, yielded the result that everyone points at at the beginning of the year, which is beating Army and get a, getting a star. Competing in her first Army-Navy competition was Mia Claire Kiesel. She posted a time of 22 minutes, 10 seconds to finish seventh, a race that saw Booten finish second, Kiesel seventh, and their teammates finishing fourth, fifth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. On the Sing Second Sports Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we like to call that a good old-fashioned ass-kicking. Mia Claire Kiesel is also a three-time Three-time, ladies and gentlemen, Rookie of the Week for the Patriot League, and she joins us. The first plebe to join the Sing Second Sports podcast. That is more important than an Army star, Mia Claire. Thank you for joining the podcast, and, and tell us what your, what your season has been like so far. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this honor to be able on this podcast. I did not realize I was the first plebe, so that's pretty cool. Thank you. Um, I It was it was an amazing experience to be able to compete at the Army Navy meet. It's always been a dream of mine to compete. And I remember me and Sophie Compton, another plebe that ran, we was like, we were doing a warm up on the course and we're like, oh my goodness, this is real. Like these are moments we've been dreaming about. And it's just like coming true. Um, having the team, like being able to compete with the team was just an amazing experience. And it's, it's just been a great season being able to meet all these amazing girls who are there for you, not only as teammates, but as just people. They always want to make sure that you're okay. So I, I just love the team, and it's just been an amazing season to be with them. Well, before I let Wags hit away at some of the more uh, uh, tactical level questions about your season, obviously, as we can tell from your accent, you're from New England. You're a proud Mainer. Um, and you know, I had the great opportunity to talk to your parents at the last, uh, football game with your sponsor who happens to be Navy basketball, great Mike Heary. So I have to ask with the Heary's as your sponsors, how many times has, has Mr. Heary walked you through all of his amazing accomplishments as a basketball player? I assume your eardrums were bleeding from, uh, from the experience. Um, he hasn't really told me much about his experiences. It's more been, um, just asking how life is at Navy and giving me like kind of um, advice on what he did and how he succeeded. I'll let you take the high road on that one, Mia Claire. Uh, we'll talk, we'll talk crapola about Mike Curie later. Wags, go ahead. Hey, Mia Claire, glad to have you on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the strategy going into the Army Navy meet? Um, obviously, you had a great pack working. Kind of tell me what was the strategy, uh, the plan, and, and it's obviously you must have executed it quite well. Um, I would say the plan was definitely kind of more finding who we would keep close with and just doing our best to stay together, working together as a pack, knowing that we were stronger when we ran together. So definitely our workouts had been focusing on keeping the pack. So tell me, coming in here as a, as a plebe, obviously you're going to look up to the the seniors like Elizabeth Sullivan and, you know, Winter Bosey. Kind of tell me uh, who has been mentor for you, you know, kind of teaching you the ropes of college cross country. 
I honestly, I couldn't pick an upperclassman that has been the biggest mentor to me because they have all offered me something um, more like advice and just how to run cross country. Um, I definitely say that Winter has just been an amazing captain. She's always um, making sure that we are where we need to be at the right time and just um, keeping everybody where we need to go, like getting us going on workouts, getting us going on um, just runs. I definitely say that Beth has been an amazing aspect as I've done a lot of runs with her. She's always offering me little like bits of information, reminding me to stay calm. Like there's so much more to life than just running, but also that like go out and give it your all because you can do that. Um, I've also, I've also done a lot of runs with um, Ellie and Boots and they and Carolyn, and they have just been amazing. Keep like they just make it so much fun, and always pushing me to just run my absolute best. So I don't know if you saw it, but Phil Bergman, who is the Navy uh, sport athletics video producer, he did a piece with Emily Booten, and she's quite funny and uh, entertaining. She could almost do a show herself. Uh, does she keep you guys uh, laughing, Emily? There's never a dull moment with her. She she's awesome. It's she always has different playlists for everyone, just whatever the mood, the mood or the vibe is for the day. She has a playlist for it. And it's, it's just so much fun to be around her. You can never be in a bad mood around her. Well, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Well, Mia Claire, before I let you go, you mentioned boots and, and the, and the effect of the, uh, of the seniors and, and, and Bozy as the captain you know, we have to we have to highlight, you know, along the way of, of you receiving your individual honors, you were the top finisher uh, out at Notre Dame uh, earlier this season. Uh, you had posted a time of 17 minutes, 33 seconds in the 5K race. You finished the event 96 overall in an incredibly difficult field that featured number one, NC State, number three, New Mexico, Notre Dame, Alabama. What, what's it what's it like for you competing on the highest level? We always talk about how the physical mission provides uh, individuals an opportunity to compete against the best at the Naval Academy and at a higher rate than you can basically at any other school. How do, how do you feel like competing against this great competition and being around these other great women who, who are your teammates? How do you feel that's developing you? Um, it's honestly surreal, just like, looking at just Navy in general, like my younger self, I've always like looked up to these girls and to be able to run with them and call them my teammates and my friends is something incredible. It's, it's just, I'm just so grateful for these amazing girls. And then to, I mean, to competing, it's just, it's just making me better. Just pushing. I'm just constantly pushing myself to try to stay on the hips of Ellie, Boots, Beth, Carolyn, just winter, just like not letting, just kind of seeing how long I can stay on my their hip with them and just every race, just try to see if I can make it a little longer with them. Well, Mia Claire, we thank you so much for being the first plebe on the podcast. We thank you for your contributions to uh, Navy athletics. And there you go. Your very first army Navy meet, you, you get to sing second and sing second is what we're all about here. So good luck the rest of the season. And thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mia Claire Kiesel, freshman phenom on women's cross country and future survivor of being one of the sponsors of Navy basketball great Mike Heary. We're going to go to break. This is Sing Second Sports. 
All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Only two home football games left this Saturday against Houston, 12 o'clock kickoff, as we've been talking about. And then on October 22nd at 3.30 against Temple. Call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. While you're on NavySports.com, grab those Navy men's and women's basketball season tickets. You do not want to miss a single shot this year in Alumni Hall. So call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com today. And finally, when you have your credit card out and you're on NavySports.com, don't forget about the little ones. The Kid Shipman Club is the official kids club of Navy Athletics. And for just 20 bucks, your membership includes exclusive gifts, free tickets to Navy sporting events, a birthday card from Bill the Goat, and more. So get on over to NavySports.com, get those football and basketball tickets, and take care of your kiddos. Now back to the pod. All right, we are back. And one of the big things with weather in October games is always the chill in the air and the smell of the pumpkin spice latte. And, you know, I don't know, the... The, the changing of the leaves and the need for uh, for a vest or possibly a nice coat. And who better to tell us about how to prepare for this than WBAL's Ava Marie. Ava, number one, thank you for, so much for coming back on the pod. It's been a while. Um, how are you doing and what weather do you expect on Saturday? Man, we are in an awesome weather streak. I, every home game that I've been forecasting for, we're calling for dry weather. So I'm thankful for that. And I'm glad that this game is a little earlier because this time of year, I think you're kind of glad to be in the brighter sun in that midday game slot. Now, for anyone who likes to tailgate before, it's, it's an early start. And that's where you have to watch yourself because we're still going to be near 40 on Saturday morning. So throughout the morning, as you're preparing to head to the game and tailgate, I mean, you're talking 40s and 50s. So it is really chilly. Uh, so you'll just have to kind of work up the energy. But then by game time, we're climbing into the 60s. So it should be a really nice time at the stadium. And dry weather, uh, maybe a few increasing clouds, but otherwise uh, really great weather now for October. Yeah, I saw that the high might peak out at 67, but yeah, really just kind of that perfect environment for a football game. Um, I, I know that you are the most avid of football game followers that Kansas suffered their first loss against a very tough TCU game. You know, for you, are you more of a fall foliage person, more of a spring person, or are you like, make it as hot and sticky as possible? Like, I want the heat of a mid-Atlantic summer. What, what's your favorite? Because mine is right now, that smell of the fireplace mm -hmm. in the air, the, the changing of the leaves. I love fall. I think fall is the best season in Maryland because we have low humidity. And it's not too cold, not too hot. And you kind of get the best of both worlds where it's cool in the morning and warm in the afternoons. And then you've got football. So you've got all the things happening in the fall. So, hey, we, we got to take it here because it has been kind of a cool month of October below normal overall, which is why we've had some very cold mornings. So we're glad to see it easing up in time for game time on Saturday. Well, Ava, as always, we thank you for making time for the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Thank you for the forecast and thank you for the good luck. You continue to bring the solid weather. <laughs> We've had it hot at the very beginning. I think we're going to have it pretty chilly at Notre Dame on November 12th. So hopefully we see you up there in Baltimore for the uh, Notre Dame game. But as always, thank you so much for supporting Sing Second Sports. Yeah, go Navy.
So ladies and gentlemen, let's hand out some BZs, tell you what's on the horizon, and then we are going to get out of here. Uh, the Navy women's soccer team got back to its winning ways with a 3-0 dominant victory over Delaware State on the road on Tuesday this week. Uh, the Mids used a pair of goals from a plebe, Isabella Romano, and then Amanda Graziano got on the scoring sheet while the defense completely shut down a 1-14 Delaware State team. So, yeah, I think we should have won 3-0, but we held Delaware State without a shot for the entire game. Uh, that is hard to do. BZ to the women's soccer team. They are back at it, and they need to finish out with wins against Holy Cross and Lafayette to make the Women's Patriot League tournament. They started off on Friday night under the lights against Holy Cross. I expect to see all of you there. Speaking of soccer and scoring, junior forward Baba Kali put the home side up last night for uh, Navy men's soccer, and they finished off with a 1-1 draw to UMBC. It was a gorgeous night at Glen Warner. I was able to take in the first couple of minutes before I headed down to our very loyal sponsors, Dry 5 who debuted their fall menu last night. So please go out to Dry 5 But I digress. Wednesday marks the fifth straight tie at home for Navy, dating back to the beginning of the season in early September. Uh, so they're four, three, and six on the season. Their six draws now sets a program record and they will resume Patriot League play on Saturday with a really, really important match at Holy Cross. And then they close out their non-conference action on the 25th of October at Villanova University. Some might call it the Harvard of the South. I call it the Annapolis of the North. No big deal. Wags, over to you. Two very important you know, contests here midweek. I'm, I'm a notorious hater. This is the third year of the podcast. This is my third time saying I hate the midweek non-conference games in the thick of the Patriot League uh, schedule. But for you, you know, I, I think now with the men's team and women's team both looking up at a lot of teams in the standings, getting good results this week was important. Well, I was just going to mention that a tie with UMBC is actually fairly impressive because UMBC, A, has a perennially strong program. That is a program that's been a regular participant in the NCAA tournament. And UMBC entered the Navy game with the seventh most team goals in the NCAA and the individual national leader in points per game. So UMBC has a very potent offense. So that's a, a very nice performance for the Navy defense. And let's hope that bodes well moving forward. Um, we talked on a pre the last pod about the Patriot League standings, and it can get confusing sometimes. But the bottom line is both the men's and women's teams have work to do to solidify their positions in the playoffs. So these uh, the remaining games are all absolutely critical, need to get some wins, and you know, let's hope that when all is said and done, both the Navy men's and women's teams are hosting quarterfinals at Glen Warner. American on the women's side did Karen Guevara's ladies a huge favor on Monday by beating Colgate. Um, a Colgate team that if they had beaten American would have leaped over uh, Karen Gabera's ladies to get that six spot. So now as we sit here with two games left in the fixture sheet for, uh, for women's soccer, they play Lafayette and Holy Cross, the two bottom feeders of the Patriot League. However, Colgate plays the same two teams. So now the, the, the amount of wiggle room that they have is negligible. 
They have to expect Colgate to beat these two bottom feeding teams. We have to expect to beat them right back. And if we do so, we'll be in the tournament and hopefully make a run in that tournament with a talented, talented group that I think would, would admit on this podcast and anywhere else that they have underachieved this season. So it's really all out there in front of them. Speaking of not underachieving, Navy sophomore golfer Bridget Wong has earned the Patriot League Women's Golfer of the Week honors. She had a record-breaking weekend last weekend. She put together a second-place finish in the Delaware Battle at the Beach. Wags's battles at the beach are usually involving shirtless volleyball, but that's another story. But Wong broke the program record for a 54-hole tournament by shooting one under par 215 over three rounds. Those are Chris Cervello numbers, ladies and gentlemen. She started the weekend with a three under 69. Uh, That was a mark that is tied for second lowest individual round in program history. So hats off to Bridget Wong. Um, And then following a pair of star victories over Army, the Navy cross country team had a pair of runners earn weekly awards. Emily Boots, Booten, and Garrison Clark from Severna Park were named the NAAA co-athletes of the week. We talk about Boots and Garrison Clark with Aaron Lanzell and Mia Claire Kiesel earlier in the podcast. Hats off to them, number one, for winning the stars, but for running great, great races. Wags, let's talk about what is on the horizon. Um, On Friday, uh, we have sailing and tennis going on the road. Tennis is going, women's tennis is going to the ITA Atlantic Regionals in Blacksburg. The men's tennis go to ITA Regionals in Charlottesville. Good luck to them. Swimming and diving host George Washington on Friday night, 4 p.m. at Lejeune. Come check that out. As I mentioned, women's soccer under the lights against Holy Cross at 5 p.m. And then right when that's done, ladies and gentlemen, saunter over to Wesley Brown Fieldhouse to watch volleyball. Avery Miller, the rest of the ladies, a red-hot team needing a revenge win against Army. Remember, this is not for the star, ladies and gentlemen. But this is for Pride. At 7 p.m., they take on Army. Good luck to volleyball. Wags, anything to add about the importance of these fixtures? Number one, for volleyball, um, they were red hot earlier. They dropped one to Colgate, uh, which was tough. But they still have it all in front of them uh, for their Patriot League and postseason chances, right? Well, absolutely, John. Army and Navy are tied for second place in the Patriot League in volleyball. So this is a crucial match it's not the star match we'll remind everyone that army won the star match earlier this season but the second meeting is equally important we'll have a lot uh to do with where the teams are seated for the patriot league tournament and uh i was leaving maybe football practice on wednesday night and i took a left went past the robert crown sailing center and you know by this time it's six o'clock at night and it's pretty bitter cold and the sailors were just returning from their afternoon practice on the water aboard the Navy 44s. And I was thinking, wow, it's got to be miserable out there on the water for two and a half hours in this type of temperature. And I wonder how much longer they're going to practice. Cause I was thinking, and then I dawned, I remembered McMillan Cup is this weekend, the huge competition, one of the oldest cup regattas there is in collegiate sailing, one of the largest and most a prestigious sailing, collegiate sailing regattas there is. So good luck to Navy offshore sailing in the McMillan Cup. 
Yeah, the weather on Saturday is going to be perfect for it, as you heard Ava Marie say. But yeah, that's huge. Um, that highlights Saturday's stuff in the area. And we're just coming off of sailboat show in Annapolis. We've got a home football game. It's a big reunion weekend. Uh, shout out to Jeff Cervello coming up from Florida to take part in his reunion. So Saturday is going to be busy, busy, busy in the water and on land. Um, swimming and diving is back in the pool in Lejeune hosting UMBC at 11 a.m. So you can check that out. Let's talk about important road trips coming up this weekend. Men's and women's rugby both make that long, scenic bus trip to Blacksburg, Virginia to take on Virginia Tech. Men's rugby, the undefeated men's rugby midshipmen, take on Virginia Tech at 11 a.m., while women's rugby is right after that at 2.30. If you're making that road trip to Blacksburg, cheer extra loud for the fighting Gavin Hickey's and Murph McCarthy's for us. Big road trip for water polo. I talked to Coach Louis Nicolau yesterday. They go up to the island, Staten Island, to play Wagner on Saturday. And then they have a big one, a really, really big one after that. That night in the Bronx against Fordham. They really have to get two wins out of this. Let's hope that they go up there and shock some people. And then Tim O'Dee's boys are up in Worcester on Saturday as well to take on Holy Cross. Again, very important fixtures for men's and women's soccer as this weekend closes out. Um, that, ladies and gentlemen, is that. We will be all over the place on Saturday. Wags and I will bring you some pregame hits. We are going to talk to the Director of International Programs at the Naval Academy, Tim Disher, on Saturday as part of our Alumni Association segment. We're going to talk to him about why all of his kids are so freaking awesome. And his very cool wife, Sharon Disher, who was an accomplished author and talked a lot about the advent of women being admitted to the Naval Academy. Cool interview. Awesome dude. Can't wait to talk to him. And mostly can't wait to get a huge win against Houston. For Bill Wagner and Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. Thank you for listening to the Sing Second Sport podcast. Thank you to our sponsors, Root for Navy Sports, and we will see you on the flip. This is Sing Second Sports. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.